0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. Well, Father God, I just thank you this morning that, um, that your word is a word that's living and active. And God, I just pray you come and speak to your people. Father, I just pray you touch their hearts, God, today in a way that only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yeah, so uh, when I did this first service around, <clears throat> I had about five minutes left. You know how the music starts playing in the background, right? Oh, my goodness, I'm only halfway through my throats here. So I had to do a real quick skimmer. But, you know, uh, if you've listened to me nuts, you know that sometimes I tend to go over because I like to preach the everlasting gospel, right? So, uh, anyways, that's what I'm up here to do this morning. Anyways, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about... Uh, The nuts and bolts of relationships. You know, Jesus often uh, used a lot of natural things in life to convey spiritual truth. And, And that's why I don't think anybody can walk around out there and not realize that there is a God. Maybe you don't know everything about him or what he's like, but you just can't deny there's a designer, there's a creator, and there's somebody who has purpose for you and for your life. And so, you know, Jesus would use soil, he would use seeds, uh, you know, he would use pearls or plows and different things. And so this morning, um, I got some nuts and bolts here, and uh, I want to talk to you about the nuts and bolts of relationships. And you know, the reason for a nut and a bolt, of course, uh, if you've ever had any use, you ever saw them in use, uh, it's always for holding things together, and that's the purpose of Whatever relationships you have, it is for the purpose of holding things together, to bringing a strength, to bringing uh, an enabling for those around you. And of course, in order for that to happen, uh, this nut has to be able to fit onto the bolt, has to go onto the threads, right? Now, I'm not going to talk about, you know, who the bolt is and who the nut is, but I'll leave you guys figure that out for yourselves, Okay. But, um, but, anyways, you know, as, as we go along in life, uh, often what happens, you know, we have these threads. And I'm going to do this down on the floor here because I don't want to ruin our uh, podium. But, uh, you know, people come along in our lives and, um, you know, they kind of rub up against us the wrong way. And then, you know, we get a, a swat or a hit here. And, and then somebody else comes along, does something else. You'll be okay there, Joan. <laughs> and uh, you know, next thing we know, the uh, bolt and the thread don't go together, right? All of a sudden, you can't you can't get that on there because the threads are damaged. And you know, these threads they speak about the highs and lows in our life. We all have mountains. We all have valleys in life. But the spirit of God will come along in your life. If you're if you desire to walk with the Lord, he'll come along and he will turn those highs and lows into something that's organized, just like this thread. Um, because, you know, if I, if I was to throw this bolt into like a bucket of acid or something like that, it would be all pitted and there would be highs and lows, but it would be of no value for any holding strength or any holding power. But the Spirit of God will come along, and and he'll make those highs and those lows into something that will bring strength in your life, that will bring something that will enable you to be a blessing to other people. And, you know, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14, uh, and we know here just previous to this, uh, Jesus has gone through a a number of temptations, right? He's gone through, uh, the devil's come to him and tempted him uh, in his body, And said, you know, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And, or sorry, uh, you know, to command this uh, stone to become bread. And he's tempted in his soul that, you know, throw yourself down and let people see the signs uh, so that they will follow you. And then he's tempted in his spirit. And Satan says, look, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you just fall down and worship me. And so all these areas uh, Jesus is tempted in. But afterwards, it says here, when he had succeeded in all of these temptations, it says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. You know, it's interesting that Jesus had success here in a way that that you and I often don't have. Uh, you know, he had perfect success. He walked through every one of these things and he overcame. And it says the devil left him until an opportune time. And, you know, even successes eventually uh, can bring opportunities where the enemy can come back at you. And, you know, success, um, I've noticed over my walk, uh, it brings a, a number of different things. And one thing it can do is it can bring pride in your life because you succeed at something and then you start thinking, well, you know, I got a pretty good handle on this. You know, I can do it myself. And, and then you stop looking to the Lord for direction. You stop looking to the Lord for, uh, for enablement in the things that you do and the things that he's called you to do. So we can have pride as a result of success. The other thing uh, that will happen is that um, you, you end up spreading yourself too thin. Because when you have success in life or if you have a success in your business, right, it opens up new opportunities for you. Or maybe you developed a new skill. You know, it opens up new opportunities. And with new opportunities, often what happens is we start spreading ourselves thin because we think, oh, okay, I can do this now. Or this person, they're calling me to do this now. And, and then we stop and forget to say, okay, Lord, am I supposed to do this now? Am I supposed to give myself to this and then we spread ourselves thin, and then we're really not a lot of value to those around us because we're, we're just going to end up burning ourselves out and, and creating a lot of pain for ourselves and for the others around us, and then the nut doesn't fit on the thread. And the other thing that happens is, um, you know, people uh, will fear success. They fear having success. I know it counts, <laughs> sounds kind of strange, uh, but probably every one of you here, have experienced that in some form or another, and maybe just didn't realize that's what's going on. You know, some people uh, that maybe are struggling with some sort of addiction, and that could be a chemical addiction or it could be a behavioral thing that you've developed in your life to try and cope with the things that you face in your life. And so what you do instead of, you know, you're kind of going along in life and, and things are pretty good, and then all of a sudden, you just, you go back to the way that you were. Things start happening in your life, you feel some pressures and things, but before before you've really even failed at anything, you just abort your success. And what happens so often is, it's because of the fear of feeling, okay, now because I'm really successful in this, people are gonna start depending upon me, they're gonna start looking to me and what happens if someday uh, I fail them? What happens if someday, you know, I don't do what I should and I, and I disappoint them? Well, I don't want to feel that rejection, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm just going to abort now. I'm just going to go back now, so that doesn't happen. And of course, we know that doesn't work. And you know, years ago, uh, many years ago, when I was ten, you know, I was taking piano lessons. And my piano teacher said, okay, you know, the Christmas program's coming up, so I want every one of you students to just do a little uh, part, a little part of the recital for this Christmas program. Well, I quit piano lessons right there. I was so terrified. There's like no way I was going to get up in front of people. Why? Because I was afraid, right, that I was going to fail. I was afraid that, I, that people are going to be looking to me for some nice piano piece, and, and I wasn't going to be able to follow through. Uh, same thing in, in public school. You know, I was uh, really pretty good in basketball and volleyball, and then all of a sudden, I just quit because I got thinking, "Well, what if I don't? Not so good anymore. What if? What if? You know, everybody's depending upon me, and I don't follow through. And so I just decided to quit. You know, what if somebody's better than me? And and I know it seems crazy, but this is the stuff, you know, that goes on in our hearts and our lives, right? And the coach tried to ask me, well, "You know, hey, why?" Why'd you quit? Why? You? Well, you know, and I gave all these lame excuses. But it was just because I was afraid of being in that place of success and then failing uh, people and disappointing people. And so we can abort that. But, you know, um, Jesus went through and he succeeded here. He overcame uh, what the enemy was trying to bring in his life. And uh, it says in verse 14 that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So before this whole event happened for him uh, in the wilderness, he came and he was baptized by John the Baptist, and it says the Spirit of God uh, came upon him in in, in the form of a dove, right? So the Spirit of God came upon Jesus, and he's getting ready to go out into ministry, and he he goes through this testing time. but But it says here in verse 14 that he returns in the power of the Spirit. And what the Lord wants all of us to know here is you can have the Spirit of God in your life. You can be born again, right, and have the Spirit of God in you. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and have the ability to speak in tongues or to prophesy or or uh, have the gift of healing in your life. There's different gifts that the Spirit of God gives. But God wants you to have a power, you see, and, and power comes by going through these things in our relationships that enable the Holy Spirit to bring a power into our life. And, and that's my prayer, that's my desire for you this morning is that God, uh, that you would seek God and you would come to the Lord with those, all those things that, that you deal with in relationships with people, whether it's your wife or your husband or, or whether it's your coworker or your boss, and that you come and, and let him, work in your life so that you can have not just the Spirit of God, but the power of God. And I truly believe that's why in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25, Paul says, you know, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, so, right, you you, you get the Holy Spirit in your life, you have a meeting with God, and he says to you, this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I'm well-pleased, but you also want to walk in the spirit. And that's where the power comes, is, is when you can walk these things out in your life. Um, I showed you earlier about, um, and maybe Pastor Travis you can give me a hand here. You know, people come along in your life and, and they start pounding on uh, the threads of your life. And, and so then the... Uh, the Holy Spirit comes along and tries to uh, work on your mountains, work on your valleys. And uh, he starts working at this tool of rethreading your life again. You can see how that's stopping there because of our... Normally, we'd put this in a vice, but there we go. Right? And then the, the Lord retools us. He brings, he brings purpose again. And you know, sometimes... When we're hurt, when we're, we're uh, damaged in different ways in our life, um, the Holy Spirit wants to come along and, and bring purpose again. Thank you, Pastor Travis. Uh, he wants to bring purpose to those things that happen in your life that brought the pain, that brought the hurt and, and retool you, as it were, and enable you to be able to, to be able to walk in power and to have a relation, have those relationships in your life that bring a power in your life. And you know, when you're retooling something like that, of course, there's little, there's little iron filings that'll be falling off. And of course, that speaks of those hard things in our life that happen as a result of the hurt and, and the pain in our life. And so the Spirit of God comes and those, those things, those iron filing, filings fall off of our life. But the purpose is we want to Take those iron filings too, and not just let them fall off, but sweep them up and throw them in the garbage. And uh, it's it's the same. It's like the speaking of the old man in our life. Right? It says we're supposed to put to death the old man. In Romans chapter six, it talks about how we were baptized into Christ and buried with Him through baptism. And you know, a lot of us we. Sometimes we die to things in life, but we don't always bury the old man. We leave the corpse laying on the top of the, the surface of the ground. And after a while, that starts giving off a stench uh, to people around us. And so we want to take you know, those things that we're dying to and, and stop going back to them and, and let them be buried. And I had a, a friend of mine from years ago. And uh, he went through a lot of hard things, a lot of hard things with his with his family and relationship. and that he was in. And and I know the Lord did a, a a deep work in his life, and and drew him to Himself and saved him and and helped him with a lot of things. But when it came to his parents, he would always speak in the negative sense. He would always come back and say, you know, well they did this and that to me and you know, this and that, and kept bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up again and again. And one day, I was just praying about it, and, and the Lord gave me a scripture verse in um, out of Genesis in chapter 9, and uh, you're probably familiar with Noah, you know, after the flood, and it says he planted a vineyard, and he drank some of the, the produce of that, and of course, he ended up getting drunk, and he's lying naked in his tent, and one of his sons comes in, and sees him, and we find here it says, "In Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both of their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. And so, what happened was when Noah woke up and he heard about what his son Hamad did." Uh, he ended up cursing his descendants. And so I, I share with my friend and just try and encourage him, look, you, you need to lay this stuff down because you, you're exposing the nakedness of your parents. You're exposing, you know, even though there's wrong, even though there was stuff that happened there, you know, you need to cover them. You know, it says in Proverbs 10, 12, that love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers wrong. And, and he was bringing this up again and again, so he was uncovering his parents' nakedness. God wants us to cover people, and he wants us to take those things and, and bury those things um, and the injustices, maybe, that were done to us. And so, anyways, I just want to look this morning at some relationships that, that I believe that really crushed it, you know, in that sense, if I can say it that way, that, uh, that really nailed it and really showed us some things in life that would help us in our relationships with people, help that the the Holy Spirit would use to to retool and and re dye us um, in those things that we need strength in again so that we can have that holding power. Uh, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 to 12, and I just want to read through this. And this is Jonathan and his armor bearer. Now, at this point, uh, Israel is facing uh, the army of the Philistines and they've invaded a good portion of their land. And uh, between Jonathan and his father, King Saul, they're the only ones that even have a spear. <laughs> you know, it's pretty hard to fight an enemy, right, without, it, without really any weapons. They were the only ones that had weapons. But um, so things are looking pretty dire for them. And it says here, uh, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor... Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, and it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor-bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go here then. Here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. And if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go up to them, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them show themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves, And then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, Come, come up to us, and we will show you something. In other words, we'll show you a lesson. And so Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. So the first thing I think that we learn out of this uh, scripture verse here is that they were in agreement. If you're going to have holding power in a relationship, you have to be in agreement with that person you have to come into agreement and that's not always easy to do even in the closest relationship there's always differences of perspectives right but they were in agreement um because Jonathan said to his armor bearer he said do all that is in your heart right so Jonathan waited for his armor bearer to respond and his armor bearer said I'll, I'll go with you I'll follow after you. you just do what you feel the Lord is leading in here and um and I'm with you in heart. I'm with you in agreement. Second thing we learned is that one of them led, right? Jonathan was the one who led out. And he said, let's show ourselves to, to the garrison of the Philistines and, and see uh, what the Lord will do. And this is so important uh, in our relationships, is always realizing who's, who's in the lead. Because God always has an order in a relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a husband-wife relationship uh, whether it's a working relationship with with a boss or or what it is or your children uh, God always has an order for things and that is hugely important in your ability in order to make that relationship one that is strong and that holds things together and you know years ago of course you know uh, my farming background and years ago my brother and I both left the farm and we went off to uh, college to different schools and in the end, my brother ended up coming back about five years or so before I came back to the farm. And so when I came back to the farm, I realized, OK, he's the older brother. And secondly, he came back five years before I did. So he's been investing in the farm. He's been back in the farm before me. And also, it was kind of part of the way that my father had set it up, is that you know he was the older one, and he's been back in the farm. So you know he has more authority in this situation. And I, as many times as over the years, I butted heads with my brother. I always ultimately just gave way to that. You know, I would always share my heart on things and my perspective on things. But ultimately, I just I let it go. And, and that's because I understood the authority. I understood he was the one who was in the place to lead and, and to make the final call on things. The second thing we find here... Um, or sorry, the third thing is that Jonathan and his armor bearer, they looked for signs whether they would advance or whether they'd stay where they were. And coming back again to my farming uh, relationship, uh, I'd probably been farming now for 15, somewhere between 15, 20 years with my brother. And I was kind of at the place where I, I didn't want to just kind of be the guy that was coming and just working all the time. As I say, my brother oversaw everything. Uh, we did ca- cra- crash cropping. Sometimes it's crash-copping. C- <laughs> uh, we did cash cropping, and we had dairy. So we had dairy cows, and we would milk as well. And so I put to my brother, I was just at this place, okay, I've got to be more invested. I want to be more involved in, in some of the management of it. And I just felt that partly because I was just trying to take control, but I just, I just needed something to grow in. I needed to grow in more in my own life. And so I put that before him. And I was at the place where, you know, if he doesn't want to change, I just, I say, Lord, I just, I I feel it's time for me to move on. And so that was my, that was my sign, just like Jonathan and, and um, his armor bearer put out there. What's the sign that I should stay or that I should go? And so in the end, my brother did, uh, you know, we kind of split it up where, you know, one of us oversaw the cropping which was me. And then my brother oversaw the dairy side of it. And so that was my sign. And so I ended up staying for a number of years as a result of that. But I didn't just, I didn't just all of a sudden pick up and leave. I just said, God, if you want me here, this is what I'm putting out to you. Because God knows our heart. You know, when when relationships are, are difficult, you're struggling with things for a different reason. God wants to use things to indicate to you How do I go from here? Where do I go from here? So it's important that you bring those things in your relationships and and work them out. And I valued that relationship that I had with my brother. I I didn't want to lose it because because I appreciated my brother and and what he did. Uh, Again, as as much as sometimes, you know, there was difficulties in that, but um, I valued that. And so I put that forth and I said, okay, Lord, what do we do? And so the Lord brought brought a strength as a result of that sign that I should stay uh, and advance in that sense and that way uh, by staying. The fourth thing that we find that Jonathan and his armor bearer uh, have here is they had a faith that nothing restrains the Lord from saving. You know, Jonathan said, it's nothing for the Lord to save by many or by few. And, you know, in every relationship, I don't care where you're coming from. You have to put an element of faith into that. You have to put an element to that, that it's bigger than you are. It's bigger than what you yourself can control. And yes, there's certain things in the relationship that you and I can control, but then there's other things that are outside of your ability. You make the decisions that you need to make, but then you, you trust the Lord and, and don't make your decisions based on the natural. Like Jonathan, he said, it's nothing for the Lord to save by many or by few. And so he didn't look just to the natural indicator. The fifth thing is um, that Jonathan and his armor bearer that we learned here is that um, the indication that God was, that God was in it was the more difficult way. So when Jonathan, the sign that they were looking for, they said, if they tell us to go to them and they were up on the cliff, then we'll say, then the Lord's hand, the Lord has delivered them into our hand. But they, he said, if they say, wait, and we'll come to you, then we'll stay where we are. And you know, oftentimes, uh, the thing that you have to do is often the more difficult thing. You know, even Jesus said, right, the road is narrow. Broad is the way to destruction, but narrow is the road that leads to life. And so often, if you want to grow in your relationships, you want strength in your relationships, you have to take the harder way. And, you know, just like Jonathan and and his armor bearer, you know, it was pretty... The odds were against them already, and the odds were even more against them to be able to climb up a cliff and, well, the enemy's standing right at the top to overpower them. And, um, you know, sometimes when we're in these places... Um, where, you know, we don't want to choose the difficult way. And it's what I'll call a double bind. And that's where, and I'm not using this term loosely, but it's where we'll say, well, I'm damned if I do this, or I'm damned if I do this, right? It's like I'm going to be condemned if I do this. I'm going to get in trouble if I do this. So then we, what happens so often in our lives is we just stay stuck in the place that we are. You, know, you might. It might even be a job choice for you, or it might be something that uh, has been going on in, in this relationship that you're in for quite some time, and you just don't want to deal with it because you just you feel you're going to get in trouble if I do this. I'm going to get in trouble. is going to be an issue if I do this. So, going back to my, um, or sorry, not going back to my farm thing, but uh, you know, one of the things that I had going on a while ago was my, I was just feeling an inability to have that intimate time uh, with the Lord and being consistent in that. And I was having, you know, just that struggle too, of just finding that time where Anita and I could spend time together and and, and time with my children. And so uh, at the time, you know, I was working here part-time. I was also milking in the mornings at the farm. So I'd be up at, uh, I'd try to be at the farm for five in the morning. And then I'd come home from there and And then I'd go off to work here, and then after that, I would come home again. And so I was in this place where I was struggling with this, knowing what to do. So that was my my problem. And so the the difficult thing uh, for me then that I had to face was, okay, here's my three options I came up with. Either I can go to bed two hours earlier so that I can get up earlier before I have to go to milk and, and have that quiet time. But then if I choose that, then that's going to cut into the amount of time I'm going to be able to spend with my wife, spend with my kids. And so I thought, okay, that's not a good choice. And then my other option was, okay, well, Pastor Travis, maybe I could go to him. And I never did come to him on this. uh, You know, maybe I could go to him and ask him, hey, would it be okay if I took, you know, once I get here, I take an hour or so of my time where I have my personal devotions? And for a while, I was going to go that route, but I never did. I just kind of thought, well, you know, that's I need to be having my personal time on my personal time. Um, although there's a sense in which, if any of us are are uh, feeling strengthened, right, in, in where we're at in life, it's gonna it's gonna add to our job. So there was, that was that side of that thinking. But then my other option would be to to quit milking in the morning at the farm, and but then the double bind for that in me was that you know Anita and I were really trying to focus on paying down our mortgage as fast as we could. We just had that focus, and, and we wanted to do that. So in the midst of all this, I just came to this place where I thought, you know, I said, I'm, I'm going to give up the milking. So I went to my brother and said, you know, listen, I don't want to leave you in a hard place. But, you know, if, you, if there's somebody else that you'd be able to find that could take some of those milkings in the morning, because I was doing Monday to Friday uh, every morning, I said, that'd be great, or, or if you can take all of them, I'll take all of them. <laughs> and so, anyways, they did. Within a, within a day or two, uh, they had found somebody else that could milk for me in the morning. And, you know, when I made that decision, because I made that decision because the relationship on every front was more important to me. I just came to that place in, in the midst of that wrestle, my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with my wife, and my kids was more important to me having that extra time than what what things were at financially. And when I made that decision, uh, I did not know at the time, but shortly after, uh, we were able to come into a situation that uh, ended up providing us with a very significant chunk of money that uh, we were able to put towards our mortgage uh, to pay it down. So we got a little further to go, But uh, praise God. You see, but when you make the harder choice, uh, just like the song we were singing that David uh, uh, introduced to us this morning, he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. But he won't provide until you put yourself in a place where you're willing to trust him for his provision. And you don't always know that until you take the step that you need to take. And so the Lord wants us to just be in that place where we're taking those steps that enable him to bring forth that decision. And the sixth thing I'd like to say here about that we learned from Jonathan and his armor bearer is that they saw it as a personal victory, this going up, um, as well as a corporate victory. You know, it says in verse 10, it said, you know, if the Philistines say, uh, come on up to us, uh... At first, Jonathan said, then we'll know that the Lord has delivered them into our hand. And then in the 14th verse, it says there, when they said, come up to us, Jonathan said, let us us go uh, up to the Philistines, for the Lord has delivered our enemies into the hand of Israel. And a powerful thing in your relationships and where you're at and the things that you're going through right now is realizing it's not just about your personal victory, it's also about the corporate victory that's going on. And, you know, the Lord wants you to come into those relationships and allow him to work in it in such a way that you're, bringing, you're having corporate victory. And, of course, uh, Pastor Travis just mentioned, you know, our need for people uh, with Catherine's Kitchen and now the Christmas program that's coming up. Uh, It takes people. It takes volunteers. And that's what the body of Christ is about. And, you know, sometimes uh, we might think our threads are okay, you know, uh, everything's looking good. But we wonder, you know, uh, on on a vehicle um, and other certain types of machinery, when they're in operation, sometimes there's a vibration going on. There's a shaking going on. And so everything might fit on good, but then after a period of time, it starts to shake off. And then the nut comes loose and drops off. And to me, that just symbolizes the fact, uh, if you've never heard of this stuff, it's what we call Loctite. And you put a little bit of that on your threads. And, of course, that would be the Holy Spirit, right? The anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life, uh, the strengthening of the Spirit of God. And so when you put your thread on now, This stuff within, I don't know, how long does it take, Neil, to harden up? You know, it dries out in a bit, and and that thing won't vibrate off. And so you need the Spirit of God in your life. The other thing you need in your life, I've got another one here, is other people. And so we got one nut here, but we need other nuts in our life. And the other way... The other way that you get strength in your life uh, to help with the shaking, the vibrations that go on in your life, is you take these two, and I won't bother now, but if you put a wrench on this one and put a wrench on the other one and you turn them in opposite directions, you tighten them against each other. And what that does when you tighten them against each other, again, it it brings that strength, it brings that holding power uh, that keeps this vibrating off in the times in your life when you're really struggling with things. And I'm telling you, and and I appreciate our brothers and sisters, if you're following us online or others, you know, maybe you're new with us this morning, but, uh, you know, you need to be here. You need to be with people, and I'm not against anybody following us online, watching a service online, but you need to be with people. You know, God created you to be in the church, in the body of Christ, uh, to give you a power in your life to bring a strengthening in your life. And if you don't have this, if you don't have your, where you're being tightened together with, with other people, uh, eventually you're going to find things are going to vibrate and fall apart. And, and God wants you to have that strength, and that is the purpose of the Spirit of God in your life. That is the purpose of other people that the Spirit of God uses in your life is, is to bring that tightness, to bring that strength, to bring that holding power. You know, a lot of people, um, I find a lot of times we make decisions in life, but we don't make commitments because, you know, when you make a commitment, so if you make a commitment that you're going to marry this person, then it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something in sense of, you know, you don't necessarily always have the same freedom to do other things. Um, it brings a cost in, in those sort of things, right? But if you, and that's true, that's true even with work, right? Well, when you, you choose to, you're going to work for this company or whatever, well, there's a commitment that you have to make there, and there's a cost. You can't just go, you know, uh, out and, and drive around the countryside and, and, and not accomplish anything. So there's a commitment that's involved there. And when, if you make a decision... To do something, let's say somebody's asking you to uh, help them out with an event or some sort of a project, and you say, "Yeah, I'll come," and you think it's a commitment. But then, when the first little thing comes up, then you're you're backing out. Now, I realize we all have times when things come up we're not aware of, and and yes, we have to back out of things. But the, if that's a pattern in your life all the time, you're not making decisions. You're you're or sorry, you're not making commitments. You're just making a decision because a commitment. Uh, will cost you something. But the perspective I want to leave with you this morning is don't look at it as just a cost. Yes, there's a cost to walking things out in in your relationships with people, but that cost, look at it as an investment. You're investing, just like you put money aside for the future, right, and you, you put those investments apart. You're investing in that other person that you're in relationship with. You're investing in the people around you who are affected by that relationship uh, that you have, and and God wants us to be making commitments, and not just decisions. Um. You know, God, I, I just really kind of felt this morning like the Lord was saying to some of you that you still have a for sale sign out on your lawn. Because he wants you to be sold out for him. But you've still got a for sale sign out there, and, and he wants you to put a sold sign that you are sold out to him and that he owns you and you're not for sale anymore. And so I just want to encourage you if you're if you're you're here, you're new this morning, maybe you're following us online this morning, you know, God just wants you to know that. He is the one who has paid the price for you. He is the one who's come to cover all of your sins. He's the one who's come to cover your nakedness. And he's the one who has come to give you power and and strength in, in relationships and these things where he's allowing you to have that holding power in your life. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never made a commitment this morning, if you've just, you're just always open to the next thing that comes along, you've got your for sale sign still out there on your lawn. You know, God is inviting you this morning to come and say, Lord, I just, I want you, I'm putting a sold sign today on this. I'm not for sale anymore. You you are the one. You are the one that I want. So I just want you to come and just I just invite you just to lead you in a prayer right now. If you've never given your life to Christ, just say, Father God, I'm putting a sold sign on this for sale sign this morning that I am yours. I belong to you. I just thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for my sin. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit today, and I receive my forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And Lord, I give my life to you. The rest of my days on earth, that I'm going to follow you, that I'm going to do the things in life that might be hard, so that God, I, in the way I walk in relationships, I bring a strength to this fabric in society. I bring a strength to those who are affected by the relationship that I'm in. And the Lord just wants you to know that if you prayed that prayer, he says that if you've confessed with your mouth that he is Lord and you have believed in his heart that he was raised from the dead, that you are saved, that you've come into the family of God. And, and God just wants you to plug in and, and to be a part of the body of Christ and what he's doing. So, Father, I just thank you this morning, God, for your people. I pray you bless them as you go. Uh, Lord, that... Um, What you've just taken this morning, God, just on so many different fronts that I've shared different things. But there's just there's something, God, for each one of us to take away from your word this morning and to realize that, God, that you are calling us forth in that strength. And and I pray for your people this morning, God, that they would go not just in the spirit, that they wouldn't just live in the spirit, but that they would go in the power of the spirit and that, the God, that they would walk in the Spirit and have that strength in their lives, Father. So I just thank you for your blessing on them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario check out our service times on our website at, at thecrossroads.ca.